Welcome to Ichabod's house. We are so glad you've joined us today. Do we have, um, we're just going to jump right in. Do we have a Google and beyond? We don't. I don't. We don't. We want to say we've been absent. We didn't have an episode last week, and that's because I went down to Arkansas to see Andy, and we spent a night at the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs. We did pick up some good stuff, uh, mostly a lot of sighing, uh, one gasp, and one person like exasperatedly going, I think it's because what was on the TV was Impractical Jokers. (laughs) was playing the whole time and we were staying in Theodora's room and Theodora is kind of a bitty. So stupid men lesson learned lesson learned there. And then Andy can fill you in on the other trip we took. We, then we went down to the Falk festival, which we discussed this at length. Wasn't really a festival because I'm sorry, if you're going to have a festival, you're going to have funnel cakes. Amen. Yeah. This was more of a convention. I think. Convention slash conference. Conference, convention. It was very um, well put together. The day was filled with a lot of good speakers. And we got to meet some authors and get some books signed. And so that was a lot of fun. Yes, that it was just it was a great trip. Um, Falk is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. It's way down by Texarkana, Texas. We did not get chased by any Sasquatches. We didn't smell any. And we didn't hear any. But they're out there. They are out there, 100%. And shout out to my husband, who was our security guard. But we didn't know our way around there, and I tend to get lost very easily. So he, he came, and he drove us and chauffeured us. and He did. You know. He was a trooper. And and this, what we are doing, is totally not his thing. So to have him be there and friendly and sweet and funny, and uh, he was just awesome. So big shout out to him. He was awesome. We also met some people from... Monroe, Louisiana, we want to say hello to. Yes. And that is Mark, Jody, and Morgan. That was really amazing. You guys were were hilarious. They were lovely. We got a picture taken with them, and I will cherish that always because that was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. They were so sweet and wonderful Mm -hmm. and had just just, – were searching for a podcast to listen on their way up and just found us that day or the day before or whatever and saw mm-hmm. our t-shirts that said Ichabod's house and came over and we're so thankful they did. It was great. Yeah, that was super awesome. Uh, we'll bring you guys a couple of bonus episodes on the Crescent Hotel and one on the Falk Festival to kind of detail, give you more details on what we experienced and how it went. Uh, do you have any Ichabod's nose? The only recommendation I have is the movie on Disney Plus called Luca. I just watched it for the first time last night with our granddaughter who was here, and it happens to be about sea monsters, so right up our alley. And it is so well done. It's so sweet. It is. It's it's just a super sweet story. Cannot recommend that enough. That's a full one hundred percent. Uh, for me, recommendation. I concur. So. Yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I, do you have an Ichabod's nose? I do. I finished um, the docu-series on John Wayne Gacy, The Devil mm. Inside, I think is what it's called. That is something. If you can watch that and you like true crime and stuff, it is. you find out things that are brand new, things you, you just have never heard before, stuff that has never come out before. It's very, very good. Very good. I highly recommend it. If you are a true, true crime person, this will be right up your alley. Today, we are talking about banshees, which is an awesome subject. Absolutely. And much bigger than what we can even 
cover in this. It's kind of like fairies. There's so much out there. It's so such a big topic, belief, legend in Ireland that it's just, I don't know. We'll, we'll cover some today. Look it up, though. Seriously. We plan to explore what a banshee is, what exactly it is they are bawling about, <laughs> how to spot one, because <laughs> they're always crying, right? They're crying and shouting at the crying same time. Crying and shouting, wailing. Yes. Exactly. So we'll talk about what they're crying about, how to spot one, and whether or not you can protect yourself from the banshee's cry. <gasps> Spoiler alert. You can't. <laughs> Sad, but true. Today's source is a book by Patricia Lysacht called The Banshee, The Irish Death Messenger. Ooh. And we've also pulled, yes, we've also pulled information from banshees, werewolves, vampires, and other creatures of the night by Varla Ventura. Okay, I just like that name. I'm Varla Ventura. <laughs> I love that name. Okay. I know, me too. So what exactly is a banshee? Simply put, a banshee is a supernatural creature, usually appearing as a woman who shows up prior to a death. And if I remember right, she's always wearing a white flowing uh, ankle length gown. She likes to scream or cry to show how sad she is about the impending death. But no one knows if she is just lamenting this or warning about it. A warning would seem to imply that the person dying or the witnesses to the banshee could potentially prevent the potential upcoming death. But that that's not the case. If she shows up, someone's going to die. 100%. Shit's going down. It's going down fast and hard. Shit's going down. <laughs> that's right. Total party killer. So like I said earlier, a banshee is typically crying or wailing about an upcom upcoming death. But that's today's banshee. Back in the Dark Ages, the banshee was basically uh, just an apparition seen washing... <laughs> <laughs> seen washing human heads limbs or gore covered clothes in the river so just the head just the limbs not like a body and they're just washing that part no it would be dismembered and so well one could say well clearly a death has just occurred <laughs> and or was the banshee responsible yeah, but washing this stuff turned the water red. So say so you'd see this creature washing shit in a stream or a lake, and she was very sad about it. Oh, look at these body parts. I'm going to wash them off now because they're all covered in blood. And so anyway, so the water would turn all red, and people witnessing this would rightly interpret it as a horrible premonition of what was to come. So not something that had happened, but someone's going to die. Okay, I was going to say, because if it was something that had happened, they really need to get forensic files in there. It, and it would be clearly obvious. I mean, if she's on a battlefield littered or close to a battlefield littered with limbs and corpses, I mean, it would be pretty obvious. Gee, I wonder what happened here. But it wasn't the case. She's washing body parts and then apparently la later on. And, and my research did not indicate to me whether it would be someone being dismembered or just somebody dying. But one way or another, I mean, dead is dead. I mean, if right? I'm going to be dismembered, I would it, like them matter. to just kill me. Right. I want to be, be dead, dead first, first, not not as, right. as a result of said dismemberment. Right. All exactly. right. Well, today's banshees behave differently. What with the screaming and the crying, she may not even be seen, but she is always heard. The opposite of how children were supposed to behave in the 70s. Exactly. So how do we categorize a banshee? Is she a cryptid? Is she a fairy? 
Is she something like a ghost or spirit? Well, the best classification for her seems to be what we said earlier. She is simply a supernatural being. And that's the best we can do. And she can be young and beautiful, or she can be old and hideous. But can she be young and hideous? One, oh, yeah. She could be old and beautiful, young okay. and hideous. I just wanted to say. Old and hideous, young and beautiful, doesn't matter. Okay. One witness described the banshee as... A tall, thin woman with an uncovered head and long hair that floated about her shoulders, attired in something which seemed either a loose white cloak or a sheet thrown hastily around her, uttering piercing cries. Har to tar to tar. I apologize to everybody in I Ireland. I was just going to say that. Yes. We apologize for what's coming. <clears throat> Another described her as a small woman with blue eyes. Long, light hair, and wearing a red cloak. One of the most famous Banshee stories is credited to the memoirs of Lady Fanshawe. In this account, mm -hmm. Lady Fanshawe and her husband, Sir Richard Fanshawe, visited the castle of a friend. The castle, as it happened, was completely surrounded by a moat. At midnight, Lady Fanshawe was aroused from her sleep by a loud shriek. So... Let's just clarify. There are good types of arousal and bad types of arousal. <laughs> and this was clearly the bad type. This is the bad type of arousal. So she sat upright in bed and saw a female form floating just outside oh. her window. The face. Yeah. The face was young and pretty, but very pale. And we should clarify here, too. If this creature were to speak to her and say, hey, can I come in? Well, then what do we have? Vampire, right? So sure. the answer is going to be no. You can t d differentiate between a banshee and a vampire by if it's screaming and wailing, but not asking to come in. Banshee. And I think that vampires are a little more subtle. They're very suave. They're very right. Rico suave, right? So she was young and pretty, but very pale. Her hair was red and unkempt. The woman hovered for a bit and screamed a few more times before disappearing. What with the screaming already? I know. Jesus. All right. In the morning, Lady Fanshawe told her host what had happened. And he just waved it off like, sister, what the hell are you talking about? One of my relatives died here in the castle last night. And then he said this, What you saw is the spirit of a woman, believed to be of inferior rank, whom one of my ancestors degraded himself by marrying, and whom afterwards to expiate? Ex is that right? Sir, are ever you having trouble speaking? This <laughs> our Irish gentleman is having a stroke. I believe it's expiate. I've never said that word before in my life. Okay. To expiate the dishonor done to his family, he caused to be drowned in the moat. What an asshole. So he loves this woman. He marries her. And then because he dishonors his family, the act he of marrying, a, he kills the woman. So she's the banshee in Lady Fanshawe's case. And this is, this is allegedly a true story, according okay. to Lady Fanshawe. So this is interesting because in this case, the banshee is a distressed spirit or actually a ghost belonging to a murdered woman. And although a ghost is certainly supernatural, this doesn't necessarily fit in with what a banshee is typically believed to be, which is a being of the supernatural world and always of the supernatural world, not previously human. Ah. Although there are, there are some exceptions to that, which we'll get to here in a bit. Okay, so just... 
to be clear, if she wasn't human, what the hell is she screaming about then? I mean, because I could see her. She's pining. You know, I could see that. She's pining for somebody. Well, so somebody died in the castle. So she's sentenced to come back and keen for those who are about to die. Well, geez, how do you, what do you got to do to get that job? Good I, Lord. I, well, we'll get to that in a bit. So. so think of fairy or mermaid and you get the idea. A mermaid was never human. And the only account of a human once being a mermaid is a fairy tale turned Disney movie, which involved a sea witch named Ursula. Totally fiction. However, totally. could a banshee have come from a mermaid? How did these things come into being? Oh, see, I'm right. Inquiring minds, Jen, want to know. I know. Well, there are some theories to that. The first is that the banshee is an angel cast out of heaven. Another is that the banshee is a human woman who was abducted by fairies, but is allowed to return to mourn whenever one of her family is going to die. Okay. All right. So in this instance, she's not a fairy or a ghost or even anything supernatural, even though she is technically linked to the supernatural world as a hostage of the fairy folk. And regarding the mermaid theory, there's a theory that Banshee is the result of a mermaid having sex with a human. So there was a legend about this and the result being a Banshee, but no one really believes that story. It may have been told in a bar or a pub at one point in time. Some do believe that the Banshee originates from a family member who died, such as a child who passed away before being baptized. Oh. And in some religions, if you die before being baptized, you don't get into heaven, you just kind of stay right. in purgatory or whatever. An unbaptized child, according to the church, cannot be admitted to heaven and will wander the earth crying. Interesting, but still doesn't explain why banshees cry for those who are about to die or why the banshee, when visible, is visible as a woman. That's right. I don't know. No answer to that. But it is important to mention that a lot of times families hired keeners or criers for funerals or they had their own gifted keeners cry at funeral services. Hold on. Pause for a moment, please. <clears throat> okay. So somebody's job is to go and cry at funerals? This is a thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whalers. I think places like India may have that too. They have mourners who are, are paid. They're professional mourners. That's what they do is they come and they cry really loud to let people know someone's dead and that they're sad. And... Wow. That'd yeah. be an awful job uh -huh. to be sad. Well, I think some people actually sought this out as, as work because they're basically acting, right? Well, that's true. That's true. Okay. All right. Okay. Go ahead. So these, these people, people who did this were usually women. And they mourned and wailed for the dead, and they were actually often paid in drinks, alcohol, ale, whatever. So they were alcoholic women. Well, possibly, <laughs> but they didn't necessarily get coin. They just got all you can drink. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's a great job like, for Saturday night. You betcha. Sign me up. Happy hour all day long. Drinks are on us. Yeah. You just come and Skip cry. Get the Sonic drive through. I'm going right yeah. to the, yeah. So, but eventually this practice, the church was kind of like, this isn't cool. This is fake mourning for the, for the price of, you know, alcohol. We're not going to condone this anymore. So 
this practice fell out of favor and they stopped doing it. However, it is believed that these women so gifted at crying could be punished for the act of crying in exchange for payment and would come back. (laughs) Of course, then they would come back as banshees themselves, sentenced to cry for the dead for all eternity. That's very dramatic. I know. So let's legit or bullshit here. Is it possible that a banshee exists and what are your thoughts? I I don't think that I have any room to say that they don't exist. I've never experienced that, but I am a full believer of people that have honest have you know, if they've actually had an honest encounter, then yeah, I mean, you you know me though. I'm so all in on all this stuff. <laughs> what what I find interesting about it is that you know, we had some difficulty classifying or clarifying fairies. Right. Right. And even when in our Bridget Cleary series, and even when Bridget Cleary was believed to be a fairy, someone believed she had been to the fairy mound and had been changed. Some believed she was a changeling and had been replaced. Some believed that a fairy was possessing her and they needed to drive it out. So there was all these people right in in and amongst her who believed these different things even though it's a universal blanket belief in fairies and that fairies were somehow involved, no one could definitively say, this is what was going on with her. This is what we believe was going on with her. They all had these vague feelings about it. The banshee seems to be something that is, quote unquote, a supernatural being. But when they try and decide where did the banshee come from, she seems to be a ghost or somebody who's been cursed or murdered or... Is she an angel who actually fell from heaven and this is her job? Or is she just a, a fairy offshoot, an offshoot of that supernatural tree? That's what I find fascinating is no one can seem to pin down exactly what she is. But everybody has a banshee story in Ireland or knows a guy who knows a guy who heard the banshee cry. There is so much going you know, on in Ireland. We have got to go there. Agreed. There is a lot going on there. It's fascinating to me that these stories have survived. Ireland's an old freaking country. Yes. I mean, the, the, the British Isles have had a lot of stuff. Right. They were pretty active in the Dark Ages. Yeah. Our country's only like 250 years old. Right. We got a little ways to go yet. I find it fascinating, number one. Number two, totally think it's possible. Totally yeah. think that in a place that is that old, the yeah. longer your civilization has been around, the more weird stuff can happen. Yeah, kind of the merging of the living and the dead happen, I think. Yeah. Um, I think there can be yeah. – the more the more deaths and whatever you've had in that area, the more shit can go down. So, yeah. yeah. Now, like I said at the beginning of this, the word banshee does actually mean fairy woman. But it should be noted that fairies tend to live in communities – Well, the Banshee is a solitary creature. Also, as we learned in our Bridget Cleary episode, although fairies can levitate, they tend to dwell on the ground or even under the ground. Banshees seem to be more airborne, like viruses. Exactly. Spread by droplets. They can be on the ground, like with the washing of the heads and limbs, but they also will float off of the ground or hover. Well, if they have some washing to do, that's very difficult to do if you're in the air. It is. You do want to be grounded for that, for sure. What does a banshee sound like? I don't have any sound bites, so nobody panic. <laughs> Thank God. Because <laughs> don't you feel – does something happen if you hear one? Does something bad happen to you if you hear one? No. Okay. Somebody dies. 
We all know she cries. He, and here are some words that have been used to describe it. Cry, wail, lament, keen, moan, roar, scream, shriek, screech, or call. Now, I like to imagine a call as something like, yoo-hoo, time to die now. But that... <laughs> I'm just going to picture a spot of tea, and then you're going to expire. <laughs> At least that would be a nice, polite way instead uh-huh. of hurting people's ears and scaring you half to death. Just yeah. come up and say, like, you know, like uh, Mrs. Garrett from Facts of Life. Yoo-hoo. Time to die Yoo-hoo. now. I like that. I really do. Sadly, the Banshee can't just yell yoo-hoo once. She has to wail in multiples of three. People all over Ireland, upon hearing something that sounds like a banshee, even if it is just a cat, (laughs) if it's just a cat in heat, will cock their heads and listen to see if the sounds come twice more. If it does, someone will die before too long. That's scary. I would say just don't have a cat. Well, yeah, kill all cats, right? Because then you can be sure. Although the more cats you have, the greater likelihood that what you're hearing is a cat. It's just a cat and not a banshee. banshee. That's true. Right. Okay. So I don't know. It could go either way. Plus, I don't advocate animal violence. So don't kill any cats. (laughs) Please don't. So one person said this. I heard the banshee three times. I was coming home one night from my uncle's house and my sister was with me. I heard her, the banshee, lamenting in faith the sister did no good. She got brain fever from it and she died. Brain fear? F-E-E-R? Fever. I was typing at work. Oh, okay. I was multitasking. <laughs> oh, I thought maybe saving that's Saving people, writing podcast episode. I thought that was an actual thing. I was like, what the hell's brain fear? Okay, another reported this. I heard the banshee three times, and every time someone died a bit after. The first time, it was about the month of August. We were binding over at home. Yera, tis thirty years ago now. We were coming home after binding in the forty field, and there was Jim and Tom, and a couple of more of us there. And, as plain as you are listening to me now, we knew twas no dog. Twas a long, lonesome cry. I never heard anything so lonesome before. We only heard it twice, but twas enough. We knew that when someone was for the road, that very night. We knew then. Oh, we knew then, sorry, that someone was for the road. (laughs) I'm just trying to keep my accent for this very long paragraph. (laughs) That very night again, we heard the latch of the room rattling. One of us got up. I don't know which of us, and there was no one there. Twas about twelve o'clock at the time, too. Then the news came from America. Twas Lizzie Carey was after dying, and they found out. Twas the same as the same evening, and all that we heard the cry. That is a very confusing thing. There's a lot of twas's in there. So someone from America, Lizzie Carey, died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who the hell's Lizzie Carey? At the Carey? same time they heard the banshee. Well, it doesn't matter. It was their relative. Oh, it was their relative. Okay, I thought it was somebody, somebody famous, and they were like all freaking out about it. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Are you sure? <laughs> it's a crapshoot, really. <laughs> so, well, here's something else that I got from reading the book that you did. Huge oral storytelling tradition in Ireland. Huge. So... A lot of these were given uh, as storytelling. This woman who wrote this book 
cry of the, the, the Irish death messenger. This was basically her doctoral dissertation. This was her thesis. And she sent out questionnaires on fairy or banshee lore through all of Ireland and got all these responses back. And people would record their stories or whatever. So some of the stories in the book are actually in Gaelic or Irish. I don't, I would think that their language is Gaelic. And then there's an English translation, but very fascinating the stories that were passed down. That's amazing. So that's amazing. I know. Here is another quote. This occurred in August 1913. I was in my own house in Bale at Gambona one night. I heard the most lonesome screech that ever hit my ears. I judged that the sound was about 200 yards down the road from the house. I was expecting another one would come, and it did come without much delay, and it was about the same distance as the other side of the house. I had my ears cocked, waiting for the third shout. When it came, it made every member of my body shake terribly. That was all. But in the morning, a next-door neighbor was being waked. His name was Colbert. When I told my story, everybody said that the banshee ever and always used to follow that family. So he was being waked right. meaning he had died. Oh, he was being, oh, I thought he was being woken up by the banshee. Okay. I'm not no, understanding waked that. means, I know, big cultural, so waked means, I mean, there's a lot of wakes that go on. So someone was being waked. All the relatives had showed up to sit with the dead body and tell stories and whatnot. So he's being waked. He died. It is quite the opposite meaning if you're at a wake but somebody is actually dead they're not waking up is there a way to shut the banshee up yes there is you can say cuss cuss you can say whist you can say stop you can say she this is a nice feature for the banshee to have because some people get pissed off if there's a specter yelling out on the lawn and the neighbors have to get up for work in the morning Yes. But you may be saying the banshee only yells three times. So what's the big deal? Big deal is that she can yell in multiples of three. Also, she can make one yell last as long as she wants. So say a single yell lasts 10 minutes. She takes a 30 second break and then starts again. That's over 30 minutes of keening. And what if she starts in again? So sometimes it's necessary to shut her up. This may sound insensitive. After all, she is there to mourn someone who is dying. But it's not always clear who is going to croak. And if it is clear, probably the family would like some quiet time with their suffering relative. So in case of emergency, feel free to tell her to shut up. Can I say shut the hell up? Can I say um, whist? Shut you the can fuck say up? whist. I would, I would say I would. I don't think she's going to respond to shut the fuck up. You can say she or whist. <laughs> Can I say it angrily or do I have to say it nicely? You can say, and I, and I think you could try the word stop, but otherwise these are things like you might want to make like a little note card if you're going to Ireland and put it in your wallet with these stop words on it so that right. in case of an emergency, you know, because these words are not commonly used. Like we don't sit around and say she or whist very often, but if I you say know, if you've stop, got that card, you could pull it up. Often with what I do with my children, if they're doing something, I say stop. Then I immediately go into, in the name of love. Okay, she's not going to do that. All right, so I would have to say she or whist. Yep. I like whist. Got it, got it, got it. One frustrating thing about the noise that the banshee makes, other than the volume and quality, of course, is the direction it comes from. It's very hard to localize the sound, and if you follow it, 
it will only change directions. So she's a little catty and she's just saying, ha ha ha, fuck you. I'm going to go over here and yell. So try to stop me over here. Mm -hmm. I think it's more of a situation. She's like, I'm trying to work here. So she's running around going, and someone's chasing her and she's just trying to run away. This great white sheet. Somebody get her a drink. Yeah. Maybe that would help. (laughs) No kidding. All right. So say you do want to yell at her to shut up. That's great. But you sort of need to know where she is. And despite what you might think, she isn't always visible. Sometimes she just wants to yell and not be seen. And in those instances, getting her to shut up can be a challenge. Um, The closer you get to where you think she is, the farther away she will get. I like that power. Mm-hmm. Her whale can change directions in an instant or even come from all directions at once. So who gets a banshee? We know she follows families, but which families are more likely to be linked to this phenomenon? There's a little poem about the Irish. It goes like this. By Mackinall, you'll always know. True Irishmen, they say. But if they lack both O and Mac, no Irishmen are they. Oh, so like the last names. O'Reilly, Macintosh. Right. Which seems sort of bougie, if you ask me. And also, as it turns out, incorrect. There are lots of Irish names that don't start with either O or Mac. And we also know the band. She follows the families of the Dillons, Browns, Walshes, Davisons, and others as well. If you have a family banshee, let us know. But we don't want it transferred to us anyway. The point is that if you aren't full-blooded Irish... You aren't very likely to have a banshee bother your family. So let's break for a minute here again to discuss. Have you ever had a premonition someone was going to die? Have you ever heard a voice warn you about something related to death or the dying, not including messages from beyond the grave? I'm talking before death only. Have you ever had that? I have not, but I know that I was driving home late one night and I was falling asleep and I heard my name. And I kind of snapped out of it just in time before I hit a pole. You know, that happened to mom. Yes. When she was in Viroqua. Yeah, she Same told thing. me that. Yeah. So. That um, is a weird thing. Mm-hmm. I think that that is probably what? Ghost? Guardian protector, angel. Protector, guardian angel. Something yeah. along those lines. Definitely not a banshee because if she screamed, I probably would have hit the pole. Yeah. I have never had a premonition someone was going to die. I always was really lived in terror and fear of it whenever my kids were in high school and went out driving, but I never had a premonition that they actually were going to die. Uh, Oh, I did have a premonition of my own death, right? I told you about that. You did. Yeah. And they, um, they're all standing around me, but they're all still the ages that they are now. I'm just super old and nobody will brush my fucking hair. Bastard. I'm dying. I'm on my deathbed. That's my one wish. Just let me brush my hair. Or run your fingers to it because it always feels so good. Yeah. No. They're all assholes and they're just, they're not doing that. They're like, you're a great mother. We love you. We're not brushing your fucking hair. So. (laughs) All right. So let's continue. If you have a banshee and you can't get her to shut up or she's wailing so loud, she can't hear you tell her to shut up. What can you do? Can you just shoo her off your property? Whist, whist. Close the window. Scream at her to shut up and hope she hears. These are all great ideas, but they'll likely just piss her off. And spoiler alert, nothing's going to work. Also, you do not want to piss off a banshee. Why is that, Jen? I'm glad you asked, Andy. Here's what the Irish have to say about it. Better for you shoot your own mother. 
than fire at the banshee, anyhow. Let her alone while she lets you alone, for an hour's luck never shone on anyone that ever molested the banshee. Oh, my goodness. So for starters, don't molest her. Big no-no. Exactly. Don't, well, you shouldn't molest anybody. Right? Well, for sure. Absolutely. Don't, but it should include just, banshees. Don't molest the banshee. Leave her the fuck alone. Okay? Yeah, just leave her the fuck alone. Disastrous consequences will befall anyone who messes with the banshee while she is working. Goodness sakes, a sprained foot, a crooked mouth, blindness, and even death. The Banshee Labor Union <laughs> and advocates for fair treatment of banshees are quite active and banshees have been very likely to file complaints against anybody who taunts them messes with molest them. them yes so here's here's a question if death is a consequence of bothering the banshee what if she was there mourning for the person who messed with her and then died which could this gets confusing. Yes. So say the banshee shows up to mourn because she knows you're going to mess with her and you're about to die. So you mess with her, she kills you, and she's already been mourning for you. That gets into which came first, the chicken or the egg. <laughs> Speaks to the ethics of the banshee, and we won't go into that, I guess. That, that could be a deep rabbit hole right there. Going round that, and round that sucker. It's kind of like, you know, one of those things you could ponder during meditation what's the sound of one hand clapping right oh yeah exactly <laughs> but there are definitely some legends involving those who have bothered her while she is working these are called interference legends the first is the comb legend banshees if choosing to be visible are often seen combing their long luxurious hair i need to befriend a banshee she'll comb my hair when i'm dead actually she'll only comb her own oh hair. my god she's such a bitch all right <clears throat> the comb it is said is her most prized possession that being said she still won't hesitate to throw it at anyone <laughs> anyone mocking or bothering her um if one is struck with the comb the results can be serious so this isn't your plastic um grocery store comb that comes in packs of nine like our mom used to buy it's a supernatural fucking comb andy i'm telling you what stay I, the hell away from that yeah it's like a Harry Potter League Voldemort oh strength comb here, okay? I suppose if I got a comb like that, would it brush my own? Would it comb my own hair? I could yeah. just want, you know, tell it. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. I think totally. One story about messing with a banshee concerns a man walking home late one night. As he walked, he came upon a banshee crying as she combed her hair. Annoyed and frightened at seeing her, he chased her away. As she ran, she dropped her comb. The man picked it up and took it home with him. Dude, that is Banshee molesting 101 right yeah. there. You don't do that. That's right. That night, as he slept, the Banshee showed up, of course, and knocked on his window. The man was afraid. He knew she was there for her comb and that he needed to return it. But how would he go about it safely? He was too scared to hand it directly to the angry banshee, so he put the comb in a pair of <laughs> a pair of tongs and handed it out the window to her. She snatched the comb and took half of the pair of tongs with her. Iron tongs. She yeah, snatched so the comb and took half the pair of iron tongs with her. So the tongs used for this would be fireplace tongs. They're not right. going to be like your your simple Hot salad tongs. tongs. You're not going right. to just yeah. <laughs> 
hot dog tongs. These aren't for the grill. <laughs> not for the stove. They're not salad tongs. These are fireplace tongs. Cast iron. These are, yeah, fire-ready grade tongs. Right. So she snatches the comb and takes half the tongs with her. Okay. Not really much in the way of something bad happening to this guy in this story, other than a pair of broken fireplace tongs. So let's do this story. Mr. James Hess submits. <clears throat> Hold on. I need to do that in an Irish accent. <clears throat> Mr. James Hess submits. No. Har to tar to tar. Mr. James Hess submits that a drunkard took the comb out of the bow's hand in the black cow in November and was then put supernaturally up on the windowsill, where he remained with the comb glued to his hand for 48 hours. It was then taken out of his hand at 12 midnight, two nights later, and restored to the bow by means of an iron tongs. Oh, interesting. Only right. then... Was he restored nope, to... Nope, no, no. You have what? to do the accent. Oh, I didn't know I was still talking. Okay, all right. You got are it. Still... I got it, I got it. Only then was he restored to the ground and to the bosom of his family, which all men pine for. When the fire brigade tried to get him down before the bow gave her permission, they found an invisible wall there to contend with. A bow in this story is a banshee. So now let's talk about another inference legend, which I probably should have done in my regular American accent, but we're just going to keep going. It's also an interference legend. What did I say? You said inference legend. <laughs> and it's not an inference legend, Miss Andy. I'm almost 50 <laughs> years old. The imprint of the Banshee's five fingers, this guy named Thomas Hurt, eh, had an uncle. And Tom's uncle was coming home late one night. And he sees a woman in the shadows. He didn't see her at first because she was in the shadows and figured it was his neighbor trying to scare him. So he snuck around behind her and put his hand on her shoulder to cause her a fright. It turned out it wasn't his neighbor, but a banshee. And she didn't take kindly to being touched. She picked Tom's uncle up by the top of his head and slammed him to the ground. This oh didn't kill him, but the next morning... He had the imprint of her fingers on his head, and his hair had turned completely white. He was also extremely constipated. I'm sure he had a bit of a headache, too. Yeah, he did. Aye. <laughs> the last interference legend we'll talk about is the legend of the shirt. As we've already said, banshees like to comb their hair while keening. For sure. And remember, when sure. banshees first showed up in the civilized world, they preferred washing severed heads. Over time, banshees have softened, and when they aren't floating outside someone's window, bemoaning a future death, or combing their hair, they like to do laundry. Mm -hmm. One night, a man was on his... Har to tar to tar. One <laughs> night, a man was on his way to a wake. He passed a banshee, washing a shirt in a stream. As he passed, he said... Hey, baby, want to wash my shirt? Har, har, har. <laughs> the banshee ignored him. He continued with her washing, which... He's pining for her bosom. He's pining for her men bosom. Are. He's watching That's her right. wash in the water. Yes. Hmm. And the, man and the man walked along to his wake. As he walked, he felt very smug that he had, number one, spoke 
spoken to the banshee and let her know he could see her, and number two, treating her as a woman of lower class by making fun of her while also pining for her bosom. Pining for her bosom, yes. Har to tar to tar. So the man got to the house and once there took a seat inside by the door. Unbeknownst to him, the banshee had followed him. And as he sat the week, the banshee reached through the solid door and ripped the shirt from his body. Oh, my. I wonder if the man had a tushy like Simon from Bridgerton. Don't know. Sadly, we didn't see the tushy. We just saw the torso. <laughs> then she took the shirt to the stream and washed it, returning only to throw the now clean shirt in the man's face. Well, that's what I do to piss off my husband. I do his laundry and then throw it at him. True. When he makes me mad, that's what I do. So that's a little bit about banshees. Let's legit or bullshit this here and give our Yeti scores. I I think I think go ahead. legit. I'm going to say like a 3.5 or a 4. Be there with you. I think a lot of these stories are legend, clearly. A lot of regions of Ireland have the same stories about banshees with slight variations. So in some regions, you'll see the banshee will be seen washing a shirt in a stream. In some regions of Ireland, they'll be seen combing their hair. There'll be some but, washing a head, severed head. Washing a severed head. But the the premonition is, is generally the same. There are families who claim still to have banshees that follow them. And I, I want to say two things. First, I want to say we do very poor Irish accents and we attempt them in an effort to uh, bring, pay homage and bring the story to, to the life. Irish and bring the story to life. If we have offended anybody, we're, you know, sorry about that. Uh, feel free to do a bad American accent because we do bad American accents too. Oh, um, for there sure. Are lots of, we love Ireland plan to visit there someday for our podcast and, that's all I'll say about that. The other thing I'll say is that collective conscious is a thing. Yes, it is. Tulpas are something that they think like men in black or black guy kids could be a tulpa, which is something where that where if enough people believe in it and their conscious mind believes in it or subconscious mind believes in it, it can actually become a reality. So one has to wonder if that is potentially what the banshee has become over millennia. And I don't know whether that's the case or not, or if it is something of the supernatural realm. But I'm I'm going to give it about a three, I think, as far yeah. as my Yeti score. That's where there's I'm something at. to Definitely it. There's something within the there. Realm of possibility. There's something there. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is our episode for today. And like we said, be on the lookout for a couple of bonus episodes, which we will be sending your way. I don't know when we're going to try and get those recorded here in the next week or two, and we will be posting those on All our good website. And, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah, super fun stuff. Our next regular episode will drop in one week. And I do want to say we will get back to the possession episodes in a few weeks at some point in July. Yeah. Um, so don't miss it. And we're talking about the next episode. We're talking about the Wendigo in all its forms, which I'm super excited about. In the meantime, feel free to get in touch. We're on Facebook and Instagram. And you can email us at Jen and Andy at Ichabod'sHouse.com. Until then, remember Ichabod loves you. Carry a flashlight and always bring extra pants.